welcome to the incred podcast today uh, what we're discussing is especially pertaining to pursuing education in the uk so joining us today for that is namita mehta she's the president at the red pen uh, a leading education consulting agency uh, at the red pen namita assists students in uh, planning their educational journey and specializes in training applicants for the interview process at universities of oxford and cambridge uh, namita has spoken at several panels uh, for leading universities and has also been featured in leading publications like midday et panash hindustan times and many more so we're very excited to have you here with us namita welcome thank you so much fafna very excited to be here this evening Great. So I am directly going to jump uh, at the questions. Um, I was reading somewhere that UK uh, actually has uh, the third largest uh, Indians constitute the third largest group of international students uh, in the UK. So, because of the recent COVID uh, times that we've been in, has this trend uh, changed because of that? So that's a great question bhavna in fact the number of students that have been applying to the uk has been increasing multiple fold every year i mean according to data that i looked at in 2018 around around 19000 applications applicants from india applied in 2019 it almost it more than doubled to 30000 and in 2020 there are almost 50 there were 56000 applications to the uk from india so the number of applications to um, you know the uk skyrocketed for several reasons one is the reintroduction of the two year work visa that happened a couple of years ago so that means that any student at the undergrad or the post grad level that graduate with a degree in the uk can stay on in the united kingdom and work for up to two years after they graduate which is great news um other reasons include things like um you know the the, the undergraduate degrees in the uk are three years majority of them are three years compared to four years in the same us or canada um the cost compared to the us is also you know significantly less um especially with the 3 and 4 year thing with the 3 and 4 year uh degree uh, duration um and then the proximity to india is also also very important right i mean it's an overnight flight to london heathrow versus the us can be pretty long can be uh you know um a much further distance away so families sometimes prefer their children to be closer to india and the you know the other thing to keep in mind also you know with the uk is that um students who know what they want to do the uk is a fantastic destination because you go there you have you study that major you study that subject and there's no need for you to necessarily dabble in subjects that, or subjects or topics that you don't want to study so the uk is a very focused um you know uh, academic curriculum like india and students who know what they want to do the uk is a fantastic place to go to so uh, parents and families are casting a wider net when it comes to international admissions and certainly the covid and covid situation has benefited uk universities in your um, in your opinion would it be better to start undergrad uh, in the uk itself or it's something that's more suitable for uh, a postgrad sort of course So that really depends on you as an individual it depends on what your long term goals are it depends on your financial ability financial status as well you know degrees in the uk um, though uh, cheaper than maybe the us and canada are still pretty expensive and you know we'll talk about scholarships and and uh, and financial aid later on but um, they're not that 
there, there aren't that many scholarships available for international students. So the ticket price is pretty high. And then the living costs are really high, you know, are, are also up there. I mean, we'll, I know we're going to be speaking about that a little later. So it really depends on what your goal is. Um, again, like if you really know what you want to study, um, you've done your research in the universities and you can afford it, going to the UK is definitely, uh, you know, I would suggest it. But if you're someone who's really unsure, you want to dabble in different subjects, like if you have an, if you have an interest in, say, history and philosophy or you like math and uh, you like, you know, reading, uh, the opportunity for you to do a lot of combined courses is not as much as say other destinations. Um, and also, um, you know, a lot of families have budgeted for their child to go away for their postgrad degree and not necessarily for their undergrad degree. So taking the cost in, in, in you know, into consideration is also very important. So moving on to uh, the question, Amita, you mentioned, uh, you know, about knowing what you want, uh, but in general, what are the courses that UK is specifically known for? That's a great question, Bhavna. So the the universe, the, the courses, again, a lot of Indian students apply for engineering, medicine, law, social sciences, English literature. I mean, it, it's across the board. It really depends on your interest. And you really have the opportunity in the UK to delve into that subject. You go really in depth in your three years there. Uh, you know, I studied molecular and cellular biochemistry, and I had modules in organic chemistry, biological chemistry, of biophysics, and you really are able to go really, really deep in. Um, but I would say that, you know, law and medicine are very popular subjects that Indian students look at because you can study law or medicine at the undergrad level in the US. They're considered postgrad degrees, whereas law and medicine you can study as undergrad degrees in the UK. Also, you know, um, the, the Commonwealth law is, is, what is very similar to what we practice in India versus the law that exists in the US. So a lot of students from India like to look at that. Um, and then there's also a really famous program that a lot of uh, a lot of students from India look at, which is called PPE, Politics, Philosophy and Economics. And it's that combination degree that, um, you know, Oxford offers that as a course, as a major. And it is a very, uh, it is a very popular course that undergrad students look at because it's, it's really a combination of the social sciences and they have some fantastic modules that they're teaching. Should students consider the ROI factor when choosing a university or should they really follow the name and the prestige of the university and then make a pick? So Bhavna, when we talk about the ROI of a university, it really depends on the student. Like what does ROI mean to you? Right? What is the return of investment to you? Is the ROI that I end up getting a very high paid job at the end so that I can end up you know, paying for the education that I paid for or pay my parents back or pay the loan that I took back? Is that my ROI? Is my ROI going to the UK and networking so that I can be an entrepreneur and you know, create my own business there? Um, is the ROI genuinely like I just I know I want to study astrophysics and this is a stepping stone to then get get into a better program for my master's and then go into academia. So what does an ROI mean to you? And I think that's what parents and students need to ask themselves when they think about, uh, you know, rank of a university or which university should I attend? Now, in general, what I've seen is that, you know, the UK universities offer fantastic education. I mean, you really are learning from top professors, uh, but you have to be independent about it. No one's going to force you to go to class. No one's going to check up on you. No one's going to, you know, give you a GPA or make sure that you're studying. Um, you really have to be independent. And if you kind of 
manage your time well, there's so many other opportunities that a UK university can give you. And if you take advantage of that, I think the ROI can be very much significantly higher than just going there and studying. And what I'm talking about is, you know, getting involved in university life, whether you want to work, whether you want to do an internship, whether you want to do a studentship with a professor, whether you, um, you know, want to utilize the summers to, uh, to visit Europe or see, see the rest of the UK, um, getting involved in, you know, ex extracurricular activities that you might not have ever had the opportunity to try in high school. Um, they really give you a platform to do all of that. And if you take advantage of all those resources that are available, the ROI can be huge. Well, is huge rather. That's great. Um, so with, with so many students actually applying uh, to the UK and UK has some really fabulous uh, universities. Are there any uh, suggestions, any tips you can give uh, as to how students can start preparing for this uh, earlier? Yes. So, you know, the UK education system mimics that of India. Okay. We used to be a British colony and we've imbibed their education system. The UK education system, uh, you know, really puts academia at the forefront. They want to make sure that you're going to be able to cope with the academic rigor in their institution. So um, that is the main criteria that they look at. In fact, at the undergrad level, no matter what curriculum you're doing and what course or major you want to do, every university will web, every university website will list down what minimum uh, data point, what minimum academics you need to have to be eligible to apply. So I'm sure Pollock will talk about this a little later, but say if I wanted to study economics at LSE and I was in the IB program as a high school student, um, you know, I, I need to have a predicted of 40 points in the IB with a seven and higher level math. Now, if my academic caliber is that high, then I should go ahead and apply. So that's the first thing that you need to look at. In addition to that, um, and I would recommend students to do extracurricular activities around the major that they want to apply in. Because when you apply to UK universities at the undergrad level, you write something called a personal statement. That's a 4,000 character statement to tell the universities why you want to study that subject or that course at the university. And this personal statement is seen by all the five colleges you apply to. So you don't, you cannot write a separate personal statement for different universities. You apply through one platform. So to do that, you know, you wanna be able to demonstrate that you've done work or you've explored that subject outside of the class, outside of high school. So for example, you know, say if I'm applying for medicine, you know, you cannot just say that I'm very good at bio and chemistry in school and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and you know, my aunt had cancer and I want to go to be a doctor. You have to be able to show that you have other skills, that you have, you know, that you've developed empathy. You might have worked in an old age home. You might have shadowed a doctor. You might have done some science research outside the classroom. So those extracurricular activities related to medicine is what they're going to look for. You might even be an amazing tennis player, right? And, and you might want to be a doctor. But UK universities don't put as much emphasis on extracurricular activities outside of your subject area. Okay, so basically having this, these extracurricular activities, relevant ones really is a big plus. Absolutely. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, so moving on to uh, the expenses, right? Uh, yes. What are the kind of expenses that one can expect uh, once they move abroad in the UK? So Okay, perfect. So yeah, okay, the UK. So I mean, if we look at the average price of an undergrad degree in the UK, it can vary from 8,000 pounds all the way to 30,000 pounds. Medicine is, you know, sometimes even more expensive than that. Um, at the postgrad level, it's between 12 to 31,000 pounds. 
Um, and then, you know, when it comes to living costs, um, you know, I would, I would say approximately a thousand to a thousand two hundred fifty pounds a month is what you need to look at. And that includes your, you know, your, your rent, your food, your, your uh, transportation and any leisure activities that you want to participate in. So those are the costs that you're looking at. Uh, one more thing I want to say is that, you know, living in London is significantly more expensive than living anywhere outside of the UK. You know, what I paid per, I it was at Oxford and what I paid per rent per month is what my brother paid in London per week. So living in wow, London that, is expensive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so how, how do, how do you suggest students go about this? Can they work part-time? Do universities support that? Absolutely. During term time, students are allowed to work for 20 hours a week. And during the holidays, they can work uh, full time. You're allowed to do that. Oh, that's great. And what's the kind of minimum wage one can expect uh, to earn out there? So I'm not sure at the top of my head, but it's around, I'd say, eight pounds. Maybe Pala can help me here. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll be sure to ask her that question. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, uh, now, uh, coming to the point of, uh, uh, you know, actually taking up a loan, because many many students actually do uh, take up a loan to uh, aid their expenses. Uh, is that something that you would advise? Uh, does that ease the burden? 100%, Bhavna, I really would, because, you know, this is a one-off experience. When you go to university, you, you don't necessarily want to be um, uh, stifled because, or, you know, you don't want to not take up an opportunity because you don't have the money. Uh, or you, you don't have the resources at that point in time, but that time is never going to come back. Um, you know, so taking a loan and, you know, if you have a good interest rate, um, I, I really do recommend it because there's so many opportunities, so many things to do as a university student. I mean, you can probably earn that money after you graduate, but you might not have the time to do those things, right? At university, you don't want um, to not have, take advantage of the resources available and even the opportunity to travel, the opportunity to do research opportunities. Um, which sometimes do, do require you to have some kind of a stipend above and beyond what, um, uh, you know, what you're paying at university. So I do think that, you know, taking a loan um, is, is important. But again, at the same time, I think students have to be very wise about spending that money, uh, you know, thinking about uh, what their priorities are. I mean, obviously not just going to, uh, you know, the high street and going shopping, but, you know, really using that money to take advantage and, and getting an educational experience that they're eventually going to be proud of and going to help them uh, really grow in their careers in the future. That is, that is so true. Um, and, and Namita, I believe you've been doing this for a very long time, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, assisting students. How many years has it been? Over 12 years now. Over 12 wow. years. Yeah. So, so in all these years, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've seen uh, that are quite common uh, amongst these students? And how do you help them overcome this? So, you know, um, going to the UK, uh, you know, you're pretty much thrown in the deep end. I want to say that like the minute you hit university, you attend your lectures, you have your classes, you might have interactions with professors, but you really have to be independent and you really have to be motivated. Um, you know, the and in, in most UK universities, it's the exams that matter. It's the exams that are going to make up your degree. So you really have to stay motivated throughout the year to continue to do well. And, uh, you know, that can sometimes be a challenge because, you know, high schools, uh, you know, they prod you if you haven't responded or they make sure that you're kind of staying on track. So just being independent and managing your time is sometimes a challenge that I see first year students have at university. 
Um, you know, of course, there's homesickness. Many students have never lived away from home for, for the, and they're going for the first time. Um, and, you know, sometimes that can be a little overwhelming when you're in a new place um, and, you know, you, you really sometimes don't know how to manage your time or you're overwhelmed. You don't know how to make friends. But um, uh, I, I think, you know, students end up overcoming that. And the other thing is that at the postgrad level, you know, most of the uh, uh, master's programs in the UK are only one year. So you really have to settle down quickly and kind of move on before. And before you know it, that year is just going to be over. So those are some of the challenges that students face. And uh, what are the kind of uh, things that one needs to be prepared for in order to uh, start the application process? I've heard it's quite a lengthy one. So if you could... Um, just sort of throw some light on that. Sure. So when it comes to the application process, I think um, it's relatively straightforward at the undergrad level, maybe not so at the master's because there's a lot more research and you're looking at niche programs. But at the undergrad level, it's relatively straightforward. You apply through a centralized system called UCAS, like I mentioned, and it's five universities. And it's pretty black and white. Like I said, they have these minimum entry requirements. So first of all, you need to make sure that you match their academic requirements. Um, and even, um, you know, in the UK for each of these, each major that you want to study at each university, they actually tell you what you're going to be studying in the first year, what you're going to be studying in the second year, what you're going to be studying in the fourth year. So going through that and understanding how your course, course is structured is very important. I mean, that can, that'll help you choose which universities you want. Um, I also think that it's important to think about, you know, whether you want to be in a real campus university or whether you want to be in a London, right? I mean, in, in, in London, um, the universities um, are part of the city. It's not like a gated campus. Um, and, 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 and as you kind of move away from London, these campuses, you know, sometimes there's university towns, sometimes they are gated campuses. So it really, you have to kind of understand what you're looking for. Um, and doing research, um, you know, really looking in depth at these universities and what they have to offer, and especially the program that you want to study is very important. Okay, and uh, many many students actually do um, ask us about this, and it's it's something that's on everyone's mind. Uh, it's coming to the scholarships. Um, what are the kind of scholarship opportunities that are available for Indian students? So to be perfectly honest, in the UK, there aren't many scholarship opportunities available. I mean, you know, there are these very specific awards that, uh, that students can apply to. Like, I'll give you a couple of examples. There is, um, you know, for example, uh, uh, the UCL has a program called the UPC Progression Scholarship that is like a 5,000 per year scholarship. Nottingham offers the South Asia Undergra Undergraduate Excellence Award for 7,000 pounds. Um, you know, Warwick Undergraduate Excellence Scholarship for, you know, 250 uh, 50 students are awarded that and it's $2,000 off the full tuition fee. So it's not a significant amount, Bhavna, but there are a few scholarship opportunities available. But um, it's, it's not like the US where there's, there's an opportunity for you to apply for need-based aid. They don't have that in the UK, especially for international students, right? Because you might want to access those universities um, and you, you know, it, it's really going to be a stepping stone to your future career. And, uh, you know, then having the opportunity to take a loan is, will, will be very, very useful. Plus the repayment starts once uh, the students start working. So the pressure is never there from day one. So that's, that's a good thing. Great. Uh, thanks, Amita. I think these, these answers have been uh, truly uh, insightful. Uh, before I call on Palak, uh, are there any uh, parting words, any, any sort of advice that you wished uh, your younger self uh, would have received that you would want to give uh, to others? 
two, two pieces of advice, parting advice. One is know what you want to study at the undergrad level because you really will not be able to change. And second is just take advantage of all the resources and the opportunities you have at your university and other universities too in the UK when you go there. Perfect. Thank you, Namita. I think that really helps a lot. Uh, so we'll now actually move on to our second guest. Thanks, Namita. Thanks for your time. Okay, I hope uh, everyone is liking the session so far. Uh, now we'll move on to our second guest for today. Uh, her name is Ms. Palak Behel. She works as an international recruitment officer uh, for the King's College in London. She has more than eight years work experience in the education sector, including outreach and academics as an assistant professor in marketing. She is a global career counselor and in the course of her work, she has traveled across the country to interact with students across 100 schools as well as colleges and help them realize their educational aspirations. So Palak, we're glad to have you on board. Welcome. Thank you, Bhavna, for the introduction and thank you for having me. Good evening, Great. everyone. All right, Palak. So uh, King's College is definitely, you know, uh, as we all know, it's one of the most sought after universities uh, in the UK. Um, can you share a quick overview of the application process uh, to the university? Right, so uh, as Namita highlighted for undergrad pretty much in the UK, almost, you know, national group and beyond universities consider the UCAS. So that's a centralized application system. And a lot of students don't really uh, uh, know this probably that UCAS is not just application, but it also has a lot of useful resources uh, that will help you with your application. So, you know, but the personal statement, researching about the college, information about college. So all of those are there. So you have to apply through the UCAS and uh, at the undergrad, you will have uh, five choices and uh, uh, one application. Also, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, ask some of the, I mean, answer some of the follow-up questions that generally pop up. So uh, these five choices can be five different courses at the same university or, uh, you know, five different options at five different universities. So that's generally a question that pops up with students. So uh, with undergrad, it's through UCAS. And with postgrad, it's directly, at least for Kings, you know, and most of the universities, it's directly through their own application portal that's on the website. Okay. And uh, uh, I'm asking this with respect to uh, uh, Kings College specifically, is there a ratio that the university maintains? Uh, like, what is that ratio for uh, foreign students? The published ratio, which is in stats or numbers, except medicine, uh, we don't really have a fixed ratio for international students. All of these applications are judged holistically and equally irrespective of nationality and domicile. But for application uh, for medicines, we have just 30 seats uh, for international students. That's beyond UK. So that's really, really competitive. But other than that, there is no such ratio there, but also a lot of universities keep this in mind to have like a heterogeneous mix inside the classroom that of course fosters more learning. So those are some passive factors that also play a role, but with, with published numbers, it's just that. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure uh, King's College must be receiving uh, applications in like the thousands, lakhs. Uh, so what are some of the criteria that, uh, that the, your university considers in order to pick uh, international students? Just meeting the entry requirements as listed on the website is just honestly a prerequisite because the kind of quality applications that, that we receive, uh, pretty much everybody will, will you know, uh, and 
not, not quote and quote, but pretty much everybody will meet those entry requirements that are with marks or grades. So putting a very, very uh, high quality personal statement becomes really, really important for a good application because most of the programs at King specifically and uh, you know some other universities as well, they don't really have an interview. So your personal statement, which is those 4,000 characters are your best shot to you know, show that you are a right fit. So a lot of students know that personal statement is important, etc., but they don't really know the context of why it's important. Is basically the university wants to check that you are a right fit or not, right? So, and I tell this to students a lot, the admissions team finds no joy in rejecting applications, right? They just reject in the sense, irrespective if you're meeting your uh, minimum grade requirement, is that they, they don't really find you a correct fit. So... Uh, that becomes really important. So of course, LORs, everything is important. Now, a lot of students ask this as a pop-up question, you know, it's a, that what component is more important than the other? Honestly, your applications are judged holistically uh, and everything is important. But I would say the prerequisite is, of course, to meet the minimum entry requirement scores. But other than that, everything forms an important component to judge your applications holistically. I've seen students who who met their minimum uh, grades but have not been offered a, a, a place or probably their uh, classmate had three percentage uh, above than what they had, but still, uh, you know, the one who got, who had a lesser percentage of course meeting the entry requirements got through because probably the person's statement is a deal breaker in a, in a lot of applications. Are there any uh, courses where applications from foreign universe, foreign students are the highest? Uh, from India, we have a lot of applications for, for business, for law, uh, psychology, economics, uh, PPE, uh, philosophy is, is a big component. We, we will not have as much uh, applications for, say, nursing, because these are all country-specific things. But in, in general, uh, I mean, this year specifically, when we were analyzing, when I quoted the 66,000 applications, because the top three courses... Uh, for those uh, applications were law, biomedical sciences, and uh, and business there. So that's that's generally more popular subjects than the others. Okay. And uh, when it comes to scholarships, um, are there any that are specific to your uh, university? UK is not very, very scholarship focused as a, a destination uh, if you're looking at one. But, uh, and King's also in particular is not very generous with scholarships and specifically not at the undergrad level. So, but however, uh, having said that, there are a few scholarships each year and they change each year. So the website starts updating in about, say, November or December and it's updated as late as, say, June, July. So you can keep an eye out and check. But if you're looking for, for UK as a destination, check the British Council website, do a thorough Google uh, research, you know, sometimes companies like HSBC will have a scholarship. So you will have to be thorough with, with uh, your Google search. And it's not like US where it's all published on college website to kind of, you know, give a scholarship on a plate. That's not, that's not the case with UK. And not with things specifically, it's not very generous with scholarships specifically at undergrad. And uh, what part of, uh, you know, as Namika mentioned that uh, students can work part-time. So what's the limit like? Uh, I'm guessing so it's, it's Yeah, so it's it's based on your visa actually. So that's why it's it's supposed to be uniform. So it's 20 hours uh, during term time and full-time hours and full-time is 40 hours. So, uh, and with the minimum wage. So there are different uh, ways to have part-time experience, right? You can work in restaurants, apartment stores, uh, bars, uh, and even at the university. So at the university, generally you are paid a little 
uh, higher than the normal uh, restaurant charges, I would say. So it starts from about, say, eight pounds. Generally, restaurants have about eight pounds, etc. Uh, some, of course, might have more. But at university, it, it thinks it's about, uh, it's about 10 to 11 pounds an hour. So uh, uh, that's there. And of course, there are various departments that you can work with, except the examination department for obvious reasons. But uh, you can become a student ambassador and, and work with the university. So there are various uh, ways to do that. However, I, I strongly tell students to first be mindful of you know balancing your time because your first motive there is to go and study and not probably earn money. Because... Whenever a student is leaving their house, you know, everybody, all their relatives, all friends, all seniors, everybody will have different perspectives, so much advice to share. Now, it's it's on each individual to take what suits them and how some students, they find the transition very, very easy to, you know, probably because they've visited London so many times, so, and some families are etc. but for some students, it might not be as easy because they've been really, you know, raised in a pampered environment, which generally Indians uh, right. So it's, and I always tell students, don't take this pressure. It's everybody's personal journey. You know, it's not that if your friend's managing to work uh, 10 hours a week, you will also have to do it. But on a, on a macro perspective, uh, all of these things really add to your exposure. You know, it's, it's, it's really, uh, you learn balancing, team management, all of those things are also there. So, but, but suit yourself and, and studying is always your first priority, I would say. That's true. So it's in fact very encouraging that you mentioned uh, that you know the university pays higher uh, for these jobs. So that's actually quite quite encouraging. Um, my last question to you before we uh, move on to the questions, um, you know, since you've had such a long career, um, what would be like your top five uh, tips to uh, students who are seeking admission uh, in King's College, and in general also uh, that would that you know they should be very uh, mindful of. Right. So I think research is really important. And whenever I'm interacting with any student, I emphasize at least 10 times in an hour that, you know, starting early is really important because that has various advantages. When you do your research properly, I tell students to not just run behind course names, right? So if you want to do business, just go to the university website, see what's taught under these modules, because two universities or five universities might offer the same business course as a name, but what they actually teach under, under business might be similar or, or different, right? So that's really important. Don't just run behind course names or if your friend's doing business, you have to do business and management. You might do your research and you find that probably international management is something that aligns more with what you want to do. So that research is really important. Also, a factor in, uh, in I mean, additional points rather than just statistics on rankings, etc. So things like, you know, what's the location of the university? What kind of alums have been uh, there? What kind of faculty is there? Do you prefer a city university or a campus-based university? How okay are you with the weather uh, of, of the destination that you're choosing? Because all of these are practical uh, problems that, that exist. So uh, with London, you know, specifically, it's been rated the number one student city, I think, multiple times in the row now, thrice if I'm not wrong. So uh, that's that's for a reason because it's such cosmopolitan. You know how welcome do you feel in that particular city? I've I've sometimes heard students having that particular problem in the US, right? So uh, we we understand how welcoming the city should be. So all of these are practical things. So be mindful of that. Uh, also, I tell students if you're looking at UK and you're applying through UCAS, your five choices are there. You have to be uh, very very mindful as to how you choose those five choices, right? So if you and I, every student pretty much that I speak to has a dream college to go to. That's, that's absolutely okay if you have that structure in your head. But it's also very important to be 
aspirational as well as realistic, right? So those five choices have to be in a way that probably two are aspirational, next two are realistic. One is also buffer because we've seen such uncertain times uh, recently, you know, and then a lot of students had this issue when the, when the uh, board marks were compiled without examination, then they did not meet their expectation, etc. So all of those choices have to be very mindful. So that's important. Uh, for UK, I would say uh, pretty much all universities give value to personal statement. It's just, just not like an additional document that's that's asked to just please the university. It's really important for it to be a very thought through personal statement. Also in the personal statement, there are, I mean, a lot of points to share, but the bigger uh, picture here is that the personal statement should reflect your uh, motivation, attitude, and uh, determination, enthusiasm to study that subject. So uh, that's really important. And don't, don't, uh, Please the university by saying how great the university is in a personal statement and based your characters because we know how great we are obviously you know but what we want to know is how how uh, how you are a correct fit and uh, is it your informed decision right so all of these factors come in important while you're drafting a personal statement so that's really important um i don't i'm not even counting how many i've listed uh, but i think pretty much the the last one uh would be uh, so everybody's excited about the post study work visa etc but i always tell students that's a great opportunity but if you want to avail it to the maximum then you should start road mapping it right so if you will graduate this year then you know what kind of additional societies clubs are you joining to, to reach to your career so that visa is there as as a legality but you have to be out there you know attend guest lectures network networking is a big thing in the uk and Indian students are not really used to, uh, you know, this kind of uh, environment. But that, I have seen a lot of King students ending up into their dream jobs just because they were part of a society uh, that that had probably a guest lecture and they, they networked and they've landed into great opportunities and jobs. So networking is a big thing. If you are choosing a, a foreign destination, then you could pretty much be clear in your head that you have to get out of your comfort zone. If you have to go there and you expect to be spoon-fed and then don't go, you know, don't waste that money, don't waste those years, I would say. And you, and Namtas correctly pointed out, nobody will ask you there, like, you know, specifically with Indian schools, they monitor and police you with attendance. And UK universities are pretty much abroad universities, they don't, and it's it's not about, I mean, because Indian students come from a very fairly different perspective, you know, that's why they expect that, but that's not the case. You have to be out there and, and use those opportunities. I mean, Kings alone has about uh, 300 plus student societies, you know, so they are different subject societies, Harry Potter, film, Bollywood, 70s plus sports clubs. So you have to be mindful of, of joining those, balancing, etc. but avail of those opportunities. Uh, last, I would say, you know, location is really important irrespective of whatever continent you're choosing. So um, Kings is very, very centrally located, which is why, and Kings has not one, but five campuses. So uh, pretty much the whole of London is your classroom, only provided if you want to make it. So, you know, a lot of our students, probably English literature students in their breaks, go to museums and galleries, which are just next door. Now you have a choice there to either go out and explore or sit inside and, you know, probably chat with your group of friends. So you have to balance it out there and avail of those opportunities. So I think I've crossed way more than five, but uh, yeah, I'll just stop there. I think those, those points were very handy. Uh, starting early is definitely important. Uh, so thank you. I think this will really help our uh, potential uh, applicants. So great. Uh, thank you, uh, Namita and Palak. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Thank, thank you, Bhavna, so for hosting us. Thank you. Yeah, for thank attending. you, Bhavna. That was uh, great. And thank you so much to everyone for joining us on a Friday evening.